and Savior Jesus the Christ by the presence of his Holy Spirit who's here. He's within every single believer. All God's people said, Amen. Exodus has been quite a journey. Doesn't get any better from here, as far as Joe telling <laughs> Exodus has been quite a journey, right? Um, starts pretty much with the birth of Moses. And then goes on to a war, basically, a spiritual war between earthbound Pharaoh uh, trying to destroy Israel. Maybe you may remember uh, murder all the baby boys, uh, the king of Egypt. It's a war between him, an earthbound so-called God, and Yahweh. God of Israel, created the universe. So the whole ten plagues thing happens as that plays out. That ten plagues experience establishes that God is the one true God. The Passover lamb is in that tenth plague. We get our first really uh, detailed expression of you and I need an innocent shedding of blood for the washing away of sin and protecting us from the death that we deserve. All of that, yes, is wrapped up in the all points to Jesus in a powerful way. So the Passover lamb, then Israel set set free, that amazing Red Sea crossing, right? Then this time at Mount Sinai, and really uh, the last half of Exodus is about all the things that happen at Mount Sinai. The Ten Commandments, uh, all kinds of stuff go on there, of course. And then this moment. So go to Exodus chapter 32, verse 1. Got to refresh our memories here, because it's a powerful connection for us going into Leviticus today. Exodus 32, verse 1. Moses has been up on the mountain for 40 days with God, getting the first set of Ten Commandments. It says, when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, how long was the delay? 40 days. Remember which day that they went nuts with the golden calf? Day 39. It feels like your patience and your waiting has gone as far as it possibly can, a lot of times the answer is the next day. So, so God says, hang in there, believe, wait. On the 39th day, they blew it. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, to who? To Aaron, because where's Moses? Still up on the mountain. So they gathered themselves to Aaron and said to him, hey, Get up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses guy, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, a lie. God brought you out of Egypt. We don't know what has become of him. It's been 39 days. He's probably dead and, and wasted away up there. So Aaron said to them, Take off the rings of gold that are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. Who was directly involved in the creation of this idol? Aaron was. And they said, they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord, to Yahweh. Really Strange. I, I think he was just he was trying to trying to keep God in the picture, even they know that this was no God. They rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. 
And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Go down to verse 19. Moses comes down off the mountain. Uh, all heaven's wrath breaks loose. Uh, this is the aftermath. He interviews Aaron. Verse 19. As soon as Moses came near the camp, he saw the calf and the dancing. Moses' anger burned hot. He threw the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf that they had made and burned it with fire, ground it to powder, and scattered it on the water and made the people of Israel drink it. Moses said to Aaron, Bro, right? Brothers, remember that. What did this people do to you that you brought such a great sin upon them? I left you in charge. And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord burn hot. You know the people, that they are set on evil. For they said to me, Make us gods that should go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what's become of him. That's true. So I said to them, Let any who have gold take it off. So they gave it to me, and I threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. through the story there and preach through it. Moses said, who is for the Lord? Let him come to me. And a bunch of the men from the tribe of Levi came. That, that's where we get Leviticus from. It's, it's mostly about how to be a priest and it's about instructions for the Levites. They said, who is for the Lord? And the Levites came to him and he said, go through the camp and kill all the people who led the way in this thing. They spared Aaron. They didn't kill Aaron that purging. We don't hear much about Aaron from the golden calf going forward. You know, a little bit here and there kind of thing, but very pretty much drops off the map. Don't hear anything about Aaron after the calf. He was spared when the Levites and straightened everybody out. Until this momentous appearance in Leviticus chapters 8 and 9. Now, when Moses was up on the mountain 40 days, God was giving him all kinds of instructions, tons and tons of them. The first seven chapters of Leviticus are a whole bunch of um, words from God, teachings about sacrifices. And we've I've preached in and out of those many times through the years, and I think we have a really good handle on that. So I'm not going to go through those this time around. It's about, you know, the animal sacrifices. It's all about innocent blood. Those animals didn't do anything to you. Why are you taking that, that animal's life? It's because innocent blood, <clears throat> shed blood, where the animal gives up its life. That's the only thing that can symbolically wash away sin. Teaching us about Jesus. He is perfectly innocent. When he willingly gives his life on the cross, only his blood can wash us clean. So that we, we've been through that many different ways, many times. So we're going to skip over that now. Go to Leviticus chapter 8. And I'm going to pick it up at verse 1. So the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take Aaron and his sons with him, and the garments and the anointing oil, and the bowl of the sin offering, and the two rams and the basket of unleavened bread, and assemble all the congregation at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Moses did as the Lord commanded him. The congregation was assembled at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Moses said to the congregation, this is the thing the Lord has commanded to be done. So where did, where did this come from? Did Moses 
sit down and ponder this and hash it out with Aaron? Did they come up with this? This comes from God directly himself on the mountain. Everybody say glory. This is from God directly to Moses on the mountain in that 40-day time period. So God says to him, this is what I want you to do. Verse 6. Moses brought Aaron and his sons and, say with me, wash them with water. Now what does that bring to mind for us? Sounds like a baptism kind of thing. It's not that far, but what's what they're doing? It's a symbolic thing, washing them clean. We're going to do a whole bunch of things directed at at washing the high priest and his priest's sons from sin so they can serve as go-betweens. What's a priest? A priest is a go-between, an intermediary between us and God. God's holy. We aren't. We need somebody in, in between to kind of negotiate things. Amen? Now, we have a perfect intermediary. Say, say hallelujah. Amen. We have a perfect go-between. His name is Jesus. He actually he doesn't just talk to holy God for us. He made it possible for us to come into the presence of a holy God. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. The best priest you can imagine. So God is going to, we're going to start with washing these guys. So verse 6. Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. He put the coat on him, tied the sash around his waist, and clothed him with the robe. Put the ephod on him, tied the skillfully woven band of the ephod around him, binding it to him with the band. So that picture we had up on the screen with the kid talk, that we're talking, that's exactly what the high priest is putting on. And there's tons and tons of meaning in that. I preached on that some years ago. Uh, the 12 stones are the most important thing, I think, that remind God of Israel's uh, and keeping Israel close to his heart. Verse 8. He placed the, the heart, yes, verse 8. He placed the breast piece on him. And in the breast piece, he put the urim and the thummim. And he set the turban on his head. And on the turban in front, he set the golden plate. The golden plate had Hebrew words on it that said, Holy to the Lord. The holy crown is the Lord commanded Moses. Go down to verse 33. Hmm. I was thinking I was going to do verse 14 and 15. It won't be up on the screen, but let me do this just quick, okay? Moses brought the bull of the sin offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the bull in the sin offering. Let's talk about what that means, right? You're acknowledging, I'm placing my sin upon this animal. His death is going to cover my sin. Verse 15, he killed it. Moses took the blood and with his finger put it on the horns of the altar. So there's this, uh, this direct connection. The people are watching this. This isn't in a, uh, a private tent or something. All of the nation is watching this process. We wash Aaron and his sons. We put these special high priestly clothes on them. We begin to do sacrifices of animals for their forgiveness. So go on to verse 33. Moses says to uh, Aaron and his sons, they've done a whole bunch of things here along these lines. Now they're, they're done with the sacrifices and stuff. Moses says in verse 33 to Aaron, you shall not go outside the entrance of the tent of meeting for how long? Seven days. Why seven days? Why not have two? No, I have five. Why not ten? Seven because it's God's number of perfect, satisfied completion. Right? So for seven days, Aaron and his sons are going to be at the entrance of the tent of meeting. They can't leave it. 
He says, until the days of your ordination are completed, for it will take seven days to ordain you. Now, the tent, entrance of the tent of meeting, uh, what's special about that place? Who, who could you meet and hang out with in the, the tent of meeting? The very presence of God. Amen. When Moses went in there and came out, what did they have to put on his face? They had to put a veil on there because the glory of God was shining through. Because he'd been meeting with God. So Aaron and the, and the priest, his sons, are going to be hanging out with God in the tent of meeting for seven straight days, day and night. And God says, then you'll be ordained. Then you'll be prepared and anointed, and you'll have my glory on you to, to, to do the job. Verse 34. As has been done today, the Lord has commanded to be done to make atonement for you. At the entrance of the tent of meeting, you shall remain day and night for seven days, performing what the Lord has charged, so that you, say, say with me, so that you what? Do not die. Is this, is this high priest thing a serious deal? Do you want to go down to the employment office and sign up for this possibility? You would think real hard about it, wouldn't you? God says, Stay there right at the entrance of the tent of meeting, day and night, doing what I tell you for seven straight days. And if you skip out to go see your wife or your daughter or your son, or you, you go on a roller coaster ride, if you leave for five seconds, you will die. Here's my command. I'm going to prepare and fill you with my glorious presence for seven whole days and nights. You cannot leave or you will die. For so I have been commanded. Verse 36. Aaron and his sons did all the things the Lord commanded by Moses. Chapter 9, verse 1. On the eighth day, so the seven days in the presence of God is accomplished. On the eighth day, Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel, and he said to Aaron, Take for yourself a what? Say it with me, a bull calf for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering both without blemish, and offer them before the Lord. And say to the people of Israel, Take a male goat for a sin offering, and a calf and a lamb, both a year old without blemish, for a burnt offering, and an ox and a ram for peace offerings, to sacrifice before the Lord, and a grain offering mixed with oil. For today, say with me, the Lord will appear to you. What do you notice about the offerings for sin? What kind of animals? Kind of expect just just lambs, wouldn't we, from Passover and stuff? That's just a few months before. We'd expect lambs. What's prominent here for Aaron? Aaron, I want you to pick and choose a bull calf to sacrifice for your sin. Wait a minute. What what's the focal point of Aaron's most grievous sin in his whole life to this point? He made a calf out of gold, and he told Israel to bow down and worship it. God could have rightly struck him dead with a lightning bolt in that very moment, and his judgment would have been true and just. Amen? So God says to Aaron, Aaron, you're going to be my high priest. You've got sin that needs to be dealt with. And as an offering for that sin, you are going to choose a bull calf. And you are going to switch to a 
this blood, the report on the altar, for the covering and the cleansing of your sins. I can't imagine a more powerful object for repentance to be laid out before Aaron. Can you? Does God know how to bring you and I into repentance? Does he know how to, to, to make it go deep, make it cleanse all the way, to help us know that we're restored completely? Now the people participated in this whole calf thing too. What does God say that they should do? What kind of animal should they bring for sacrifice for themselves? They're also supposed to do it. This is a cleansing not just for Aaron but for the whole nation. And and for what for what purpose? God at the end, verse four says, "For today the Lord will appear to you." I submit to you that Aaron should have died on the day of the golden calf. I submit to you that on this day, God makes him the high priest of his church. I don't know how terrible your sin might be. I don't know how in God's face it may have been. I will be very truthful with you and say, I can't fathom or comprehend the grace and forgiveness of God. Earlier in Exodus, God said to Moses, God said, I'll have mercy on, on who I choose to have mercy on. I mentioned about COVID, you know. Um, people survive COVID that shouldn't. People who shouldn't get it, get it bad and die. And all kinds of stories in between. God is sovereign. He knows best. He knows way more than we can comprehend or imagine. And here God shows it's beyond amazing grace, people. It's it's befuddling, illogical, fantastic grace. It's available to you today. You're, you're here. You're alive. You're breathing. This word is for you. There's going to be some stuff accomplished first. Amen? Verse 5. They brought what Moses commanded in front of the tent of meeting, and all the congregation drew near and stood before the Lord. And Moses said, This is the thing that the Lord commanded you to do, that the glory of the Lord may appear to you. Then Moses said to Aaron, Draw near to the altar and offer your sin offering, Aaron. Yours. It's deep. It's huge. It's ugly. It's it's. I don't even want to look at it, look at it or talk about it. So horrifying. Draw near to the altar, Aaron. Offer your sin offering and your burnt offering. Make atonement for yourself. You want to see the glory of God? You've got to be cleansed and forgiven. You have to repent. You, Aaron, before the whole people, you've got to slaughter a calf. Get down to it. 
to the depths of it, Aaron. Make atonement for yourself and then for the people. Bring the offering of the people and make atonement for them as the Lord has commanded. So Aaron drew near to the altar. Imagine this moment. I, I cannot imagine this moment. I, I want to I watch it. Aaron drew near the altar and killed the calf of the sin offering, which was, say it with me, for himself. And the sons of Aaron presented the blood to him. He dipped his finger in the blood. The blood of the calf that he sacrificed for himself. He dipped his finger in the blood, put it on the horns of the altar, poured out the blood at the base of the altar. So this blood payment for himself for his own sin. It points to Jesus' blood. And then he applies the blood to the altar because the, the altar has to be sanctified and made holy as well. Drop down to verse 12. Then he killed the burnt offering and Aaron's sons handed him the blood and he threw it against the side of the altar uh, to make the altar holy. Down to verse 15. Then he presented the people's offering and took the goat of the sin offering that was for the people and killed it, offered it as a sin offering like the first one. So the priest, they did the sacrificing. The people brought their lambs and their calves and stuff, but the priest did the sacrificing, presented the sacrifice to God. What does Jesus do for you and me? He is the sacrifice, and then he presents himself as a sacrifice. Bible says he's going to present you to God the Father on the day of judgment. Jesus is going to present you. He's going to say, Father, here's one of our precious ones. His name is Joe. And he has believed and trusted in me and my blood covers him and pays for him. I present to you, Father, my sacrifice on behalf of Joe. And all of heaven's going to watch that happen. It's going to happen for you too. Can you imagine Jesus presenting you to the Father and declaring that you belong to him because you've accepted the blood of Christ? But notice what's happened. God says, I want you, at the end of the day, God says, I want you to see my glory. Here's what we got to do first. You've got to repent. You've got to have sacrifice for your sin. The whole nation has to do the same thing. You've got to sanctify the altar. Make that holy too. Go down to verse 22. Then Aaron lifted up his hands toward the people and blessed them. Okay, that's that. that almost every Sunday I give you Aaron's blessing. Can Aaron just whip that out whenever he felt like it? can't give the blessing until he has been, until he has repented, until he's been forgiven and washed clean. And the people have to. Then he can give the blessing. Then he's a, a proper vessel, a proper spokesman to give the blessing. Verse 22. Then Aaron lifted up his hands toward the people and blessed them. And he came down from the offering, from offering the sin offering and the burnt offering and the peace offering. Verse 23. Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting. Check this out. Who goes in there? Who goes in where? Moses and Aaron 
go into the tent of meeting. So Moses and Aaron would go in and have a confab with God time in his very near presence. They go into the tent of meeting. When they came out, they blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. When did the glory appear? After Moses and Aaron had spent time in the presence of God, after confession and repentance and cleansing from their sin, they spent time in God's holy presence. Then they could come out to give the blessing, and then God could show his glory. The glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Everybody's saying, hallelujah. What a moment. What happens here? Verse 24, fire came out from before the Lord consumed the burnt offering. Wow. There's a moment. Fire comes from before the Lord. We don't know if it came from where the Ark of the Covenant was sitting at the time. We don't know if it came out of the tent of meeting itself or God had been meeting with them in his near presence. But the fire of God came out, consumed the burnt offering and the piece of the fat on the altar. And so what's God doing with that? He's saying, I receive your sacrifices. I receive the repentance in your hearts and minds. I receive your worship and your adoration. I receive you. And so his fire goes out and consumes the sacrifice. That happens many times in Scripture. Elijah and Mount Carmel, right? He called down fire. From, God sent down fire from heaven to consume that sacrifice. Happens many other times. First time here. Fire comes out, consumes the offering, the piece of the fat of the altar. And all the people saw it. They shouted. Now, it could, you could add in there, the English translation, shouted for joy. It could have been shouted, whoa! It could have been horrors! It could have been terror! But the shout was for joy. They shouted for joy. Glory! Hallelujah! God has accepted our sacrifice. Now, you and I are going to drag some calf or some sheep before the Lord someday when we stand before his throne in heaven? What's the sacrifice we're going to present for ourselves? Nothing I can bring from home. Nothing I can bring from the flock. Nothing I can bring from the really good harvest out there in the fields as well that we're surprised by. I'm going to bring a perfect sacrifice. I'm not going to hedge my bet. Amen? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take a chance. Amen? Amen? I'm not bringing my own sacrifice. I'm bringing the sacrifice God provided. I'm bringing the sacrifice of Jesus. So God says, why do you think you ought to be able to come in here, young man? I'm going to say, only because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, Dad. You can see his glory. And all who believe and trust in Jesus, you will too. You see his glory, and you meet him face to face. You're going to shout for joy, and maybe do this. And then do what? They shouted and did what? fell on their faces in humble worship before the God of gods, the King of kings, the holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. Now, didn't just forgive him and let him live. God made him high priest in Israel. The first ever high priest. 
the first one to put on the clothes and go through all the, all the amazing commandments and stuff, all the sacrifices, the first one to represent Jesus Christ to the people of God. The most messed up sinner you can imagine. A few chapters before, a few months before. God said, I'm going to do a work. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to cleanse you. I'm going to anoint you with my presence for seven days. I'm going to let you see my glory. And I'm going to make you my first high priest to represent my son to the people of God. My heart goes out when I hear so many messed up people in America and around the world say things about God, say things about God, but don't have a clue who he is. And I just cry out and say, that's not God. That's not what the Bible says. That's not who he is. People today, this is who God is. Maybe you've got a really, really heavy burden on the inside, and you're trying to cover it with the smile and the happy face. Maybe you've got a sin thing that's just really Heart, Aaron's story today can be your story today. Uh, that calf, I need to, I need to slit its throat myself. But that wouldn't fix it, God, would it? But if I will come to Jesus, and it comes to that, I do love you, but I really, really, really seriously. you come into the presence and the power of my love. I'm willing for you to taste and know that you're not just forgiven, but you're saved and you're precious to me. And you can come into my holy presence forever and ever. Yes. Today. If that heavy darkness and all that stuff is that's yours today. show you. He's washed you, made you clean. He's put beautiful white robes on, on Aaron. He's putting the white robe of his, his righteousness on you. He's cleansing you. He's making you fit for him. You're beautiful. He's precious. The high priest was dazzling Showing us Aaron on his worst possible day. Aaron, thank you for showing us on his best possible day. God, I pray for 
each one that came in here this morning, as I served Tim Bird as he ate. I thank you for this word. Now minister to us, Lord. Forgive that sin burden you. We confess it was wrong, oh so wrong. We repent of it, Jesus. We turn away from it. We want to have sweet, deep fellowship with you. Thank you, Jesus. The blood you shed, not some cat's throat that I might slit. The blood you shed for me on the cross. Now let that blood wash over me. Wash, wash over each one of us right now. Cleanse and tide, cleanse and flood. Thank you, Lord. God, help us to see in our, in our mind's eye, in our hearts, help us to see the beautiful white priestly robe of your righteousness coming upon us, Lord. Bless you, Lord. God, we want to see your glory, too. Come see more of it. Come see it face to face. safe, precious, beautiful in your sight and bringing us home. It's all you. We thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. You are holy, holy, holy. Our saints sing it forever and rejoice in you. God, now we shout for joy. Fall on our faces in worship. There is no God like you. We're so glad to know Jesus, we pray to our Father in your name. And all God's people.